Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. Most artists specialize in one genre, but my guests have succeeded in more than one. Stephen Warby and Kevin Farrell, Warby and Farrell, are Britain's fabulous or notorious or uproarious piano duo. Are the votes in yet? I don't know. We'll have to check that. With more than a million hits on YouTube, and they are also authors of a new book featuring funny, ridiculous, and shocking stories about the entertainment world and its performers. The book, Well Strung, Terrific Tales from Two Tunes, is available now on Amazon. And for everything about Stephen Warby and Kevin Farrell, go to warbyandfarrell.com and yournameinmusic.com, and you can follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And Stephen and Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you very much indeed. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And you said our names right. People never, quite often don't say them right, do they? That's great. I know, uh, particularly British uh, broadcasters, actually. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. What I did is I watched those British broadcasters and then I just did the opposite. So it seems to work. Right. Good. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're on to a winner. Yes. So two guys, one piano. Usually it's two guys, two pianos. So what's going on here? Well, we're the recession version of exactly what you've just said, what usually happens. Um, yeah, cutbacks have affected everything. And we're thinking of actually getting rid of the white notes soon, aren't we? <laughs> um, and maybe the strings. Maybe the piano so. legs. Oh, well, it is getting in the way more. I'll get rid of you as well. <laughs> yeah, what we did first, when we first played together, it was on two pianos, but then it suddenly dawned on us that most theatres and concert halls only have one. So why do ourselves out of business and play on the one piano? And it kind of yeah. became our thing, you know. And, and we play better on one piano than we do two now anyway, don't we? And we tried, I mean, we have tried some of our arrangements on two pianos, and they simply don't work as well. It's quite it's quite interesting. Well, I've watched many want... of your I've watched many of your performances and it's fascinating how the hands interact and under and over and I believe it's all lip sync, but that's just me. <laughs> you're not the first person to ask that. No, we, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're not the first. We did a show well, once because we quite often have a big screen above us during, during the show. Then so I will now. retract that statement, your honor, because yeah. I always <laughs> want to be the first to ask these things. Like, yes, this lady said to us after the show, how do you play along with those two chaps on that video? <laughs> of course, it's, it's us on the video live. I couldn't believe she meant it. Yes. Now, it just be harder to, to do that. <laughs> just to stir things up, why does Stephen's name come before Kevin's? Do you argue about that? No, I think quite often a duo, the, the two-syllable name will come before... Oh, no, Farrell is two syllables, kind of. It, Farrell it, is a, it lands yes. better, so you've got uh, Warby and Farrell. Da-da-da-dum. Uh, you know. Um, Rather dun and da-dum. Yeah. So, so, yeah, naturally, duos try and choose the right name first. And, of course, I'm more important anyway. This is my assistant. Dream. Dream. And I have one other stupid question, and then we'll go on to the really yeah. important stuff, which is your book and what you did with the Judy Garland gala, etc. Yeah. But... Why is the and in Warby and Farrell sometimes an and and sometimes an ampersand? Why isn't uh, it consistent? No, no, no particular reason. Uh, sometimes, sometimes on websites and applications, you don't have enough spaces for the, the word and. So sometimes I, I do the, the, yeah, I use that as with the symbol instead. Okay. So, no. What, more importantly than that, was I the first one to ask that question? Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes, Thank yes, you. Yes. At least I got one thing. All right, good. So why did you guys decide to write? But we should point out that you, you travel everywhere. You're yes. internationally acclaimed. 
and you are wonderful performers, but you decided to write a book called Well Strung, Terrific Tales from Two Turns. Why yes. did you decide to write it? And when you were writing it on the computer, did you share the keyboard? <laughs> no, we're not sharing a computer keyboard. Okay. Well, we, because we have so many stories to tell, we've been traveling together for 20 years. I've, I've lost, I mean, it's well, well over 100 countries. Well, 144, so, I think. Something like so, that, yeah. Um, I, I think it's Kabul and all the other places that you don't want to go to that we haven't been to yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've been pretty much everywhere. And uh, people, you know, we tell stories. Everyone's been saying for years, you should write these down. Of course, a lot of people get people saying they should do that anyway. But we did start writing them down and we started putting it into a book. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and it was just a perfect opportunity. And a friend of ours called Simon Abes, uh, he, uh, he's been sitting with us for many, many hours listening to our stories. And he's done most of the work, I would say. Wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean he's done a very, very good job. But... Yes, it's, it, it is done as a conversation. And yes. people that have been to see our shows always say, oh, when we read the book, they can hear us actually telling the stories. So it is, it is written as a conversation, but we've actually had uh, one of the most extraordinary times the past 20 years together. Um, and then also beforehand as well, meeting uh, because our paths have been very, very parallel throughout our entire lives, even before we actually uh, met. Uh, but it, we've just been very, very lucky and very blessed in many ways. And we've had a, We've been very spoiled yeah. in, uh, in many ways. Uh, what what we accident? I mean, we started working together by accident. We had too much wine, <laughs> um, so we are the product of alcohol. <laughs> As many people um, are, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we've we've had a very very spoiled time, which we completely and utterly treasure because. We don't take anything for granted because we're well aware that um, at any point it can be taken away. So we had some really funny things happen to us, some outrageous things happen to us, and also the book's full of some stories that we think should never, you know, disappear into nowhere because there are things that the world needs to know in the future. I mean, because of the internet now, a lot of things aren't written down, and uh, there's there's facts and, and, and some very interesting things that. Uh, we just don't want to let die with time, and people need to know about them. Most of the music, you know, about the great composers and so on, things that we've heard, and, and they need to live on. Who's the most yeah. famous composer that the two of you met, either by when you are touring or just because of bumping into them at a party or some composer. sort of music? I mean, uh, famous live composers is an interesting thing anyway. I mean, most famous live composer I'd probably ever met was Malcolm Arnold. I think. Um, Tippett, Master Michael Tippett. Um, who, what, what, what about you? Classical composers there, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, well, I mean, I think in years to come anyway, although he's making quite a name is Ken Hesketh, who is a very, very progressive composer. He's in the college, is he a Royal College? Yeah, he's... he's, he's composition. Yes, he's, he's high up in composition, and should be anyway. I think he's probably one of the most genius composers that, that is around, and then I mean, we we studied a well. I mean, we went to college with John Wilson, who is a very famous conductor over here. Um, has has his own orchestra, and he. I mean, he's done stuff alongside John Williams. That he's kind of the equivalent of your John Williams in many ways, hmm. uh, with the Boston Pops. So I mean, we, we we've met a lot of very very famous musicians and a lot of very famous people, and what we tend to find is that. A lot of the famous lot tend to, they gravitate towards us because they trust us not to go to the press. 
So we put it uh, all in a book instead. We'll make them add it. Kevin sent out a, a message to a lot of his friends. What did it say in the message? I've been, uh, when we first released the book, I've actually been sending them messages saying, Hi, hope you well. Um, I must take this opportunity to apologise the way I've written about you in our book. <laughs> That's £8.99 on Amazon.com. Um, I'm almost <laughs> embarrassed to wake up. Um, it's an utter disgrace what we've said about you, but I hope you realise it's all about sales and nothing personal. <laughs> and talk about direct marketing, yes. <laughs> you're you're so much to the people you're writing about. I love it. Yeah, that, that that's great. <laughs> How do you, because you... You write about so many aspects of show business and entertainment. You both come across as non-cynical. And that's important because as you expressed earlier, Kevin, you have a certain sense of gratitude. And I'm assuming Stephen feels the same way. You have a certain sense of gratitude about where you are in the world and in your career. And a lot of entertainers don't seem to have that sense of gratitude. They just assume that they're entitled to whatever success they have. I think the one thing about being a double act can work two ways. And when we first started working together, there, there's a well-known presenter and producer over here called Chris Jarvis, and he's just been famous all his life. And he came to our very, very first show, which happened to be accidentally again, the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. And he said a lot of double acts, it just doesn't simply work out. And so if you're going to be a part of a double act, the first thing you've got to do is look after each other. And I think the, and that's what we do, because uh, the double acts are famous for falling out, um, or, you know, one thinking the other one can survive without the other. Right. And, and that carries its own difficulties. But I think the great thing when it does work is that you can kind of kick each other into place and keep reminding, no, you're getting out of hand here or whatever, you know, so. And then there's the other. Th so, I mean, that's what we do. We do kind of um, we yeah. we can if if one of us is having a down day, which I have to say is very very rare. We we well we look after and each equally other. at the keyboard. If we're performing in front of a big audience, if one of us starts uh, struggling a bit or the, or having problems with the notes or anything or memory. The other one will pick up straight away and, and suddenly make up for it. And that always happens it's, it's without a, fail. It's quite telepathic. I can tell. We, got, we, we both immediately know if the other one's having a hard time. And what nerves I, I might have, and if I know that Stephen's having a difficult time, my nerves will just dissipate. Yeah. Uh, there's something that... it's. A, it's something else. Can I mean, we look after to, each yeah. other at the yeah. piano as well? And the lovely thing about being a double act, if, if anything goes wrong, I can blame him. Yes, I, I can exactly. blame him as well. So, yes. <laughs> you once said in an interview, they asked you about your concept of playing the piano, and you said you play a love letter to the piano. Yes, yes it's a problem yes. like that. I think uh, whatever kind of music you're playing, the delivery is the important thing. And not necessarily, personally, I think Kevin would agree, not necessarily the notes. I mean, some of the best musicians in the world, sometimes, you know, they make mistakes, they go out, maybe go a little bit pitchy, or they'll play, you know, handfuls of wrong notes, but they can be the most amazing electric live performances. And you've got to tell a story, as you know, whether there's lyrics or whether it's music, you have to tell a story and put it across very carefully and meaningfully. It's got to be organic and real and live. And so many performances aren't, unfortunately. And when you're both performing live, 
Are you in the moment at that point or are you on automatic pilot because you know each other so well and you know the music so well? And obviously we should point out to our audience, it's not just music, it's comedy. It's, it's an entire act. So it's great. It's, performance the thing is, is that it's, the comedy is really between Stephen and, and myself. It's not comedy in the, even though that we started off when we first started, we were actually a name called Cats and Jammer. Um, yes um and then we had to change the name when we discovered that in cat in in german that uh, when we were doing a tour of germany that cats and jammer literally means misery and depression Um, (laughs) which at the time which at the time both of you were going through right so therefore you had to change (laughs) and so we did actually start off doing kind of victor ball type s sketches And so it was very much that. And then we started working with this amazing director called Jeffrey Durham, who was married to a very famous lady over here called Victoria Wood, who is, she was a bit of a national treasure, really, and then sadly died a few years ago. And he, he changed our act completely and said that the comedy needs to be between us two and that we need to concentrate on the the arrangements of the pieces of music so even though that it is there's there is a lot of fun we are it's not standard no it's it's yeah. really it's more sit down uh, so th- but we uh, we take the music very very seriously right um but the thing again we we play such a variety of stuff so we can do rhapsody of blue alongside bohemian rhapsody or you know, uh, but we don't dumb down. That's the other thing that we stay true to exactly what the composer's wishes were. That's so unusual Always. in today's world. So that's great. Yeah, and- we don't dumb down. There's, there's no need to. You see, the thing is, is that I mean, it does have uh, um, the kind of classical crossover music. Certainly has its place, but it's not necessarily. You don't need drum beats and wind machines and all the rest of it, and almost a kind of watered down version of the piece. If you present music in a fun way if you present um even the scandal what used to go on with the composers suddenly you humanize these gods and a person that you know that normally wouldn't want to go to a concert suddenly can engage with music that they'd never even thought they'd like Uh, because quite often classical music particularly is over academic in many ways and scares people to death (laughs) but the minute that you tell somebody you know was actually um, an alcoholic a womanizer or whatever drug addict suddenly it connects with the public (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and they you know it just makes it more real yeah quite often people will say i would never really have listened to that but i love it thank you you know that's exactly that's all we want to hear i would never have come to see that my wife brought me and i loved it you know it's the best thing we can the best compliment was uh, i was dreading my wife yeah. dragged me here and but yes. now i enjoy <laughs> it yeah <laughs> no that that's great tell us a little bit about judy garland's 100th birthday gala in los angeles we've launched something called we've been doing something for years for friends basically turning their names into music we'll take a name use that each letter of the alphabet is allocated to a note on the piano i mean this has been done for hundreds of years i mean bach did it shostakovich did it Many, many composers have done it, but it's never really taken off. And people would like to know what their name sounds like. It's music. It's a um, really interesting thing. And what we do is we take the notes A, B, C, D, F, G. Yeah. So they are kind of represent th- those notes and uh, that part. And then the rest of the alphabet is distributed amongst, you know, the sharps, the flats. And then once every letter has been allocated a note, 
there you've got the musical alphabet. And from that, you can then find out what people's names sound like. We find out what kind of music they might like, or, or, yeah. or you know, what style they like and so on. And um, of course, the world, there's, there's no limit to what you could do. And some names sound absolutely amazing. Some sound kind of scary. You don't know how it's going to do, <laughs> how it's going to be. And we played this for our friend Lorna, who we've known many years, Lorna Luft, Judy's daughter. And um, she was she was quite taken aback. She was she, amazed. Well, because they were launching her mother's fragrance, Judy Garland fragrance, for the 100th birthday, she said, why don't you turn my mother's name into music? And so that's exactly what we did. And uh, you can see it on YouTube. You can listen to it. When we picked out those notes, and I have to confess, I was a bit terrified. Cause I thought, what we're gonna, it was how a, are we going to do this? It was extremely chromatic. But yeah. we, we managed just with just shifting a few chords and things. And, and the type of music that Judy would have sang, we managed to turn her name into music, into a song that she would have sang. And so at the gala, we were the first people on stage. In fact, at the very, very beginning, they showed the video of us putting the piece of music together, and then they used it throughout the gala. And that basically was our first our first climb with Judy Garland. <laughs> was saying something that was a fantastic start. So we launched into a business. Your name in music, and people can, you know, they can buy gifts for their friends for weddings and, and so it's forth. It's a wonderful thing. And it's tremendous fun. To it's, do it. We've we've even done it for funerals, um, but. Yeah. Um, it's what's great is that you can have a personalized piece of music not just for you know birthday or whatever um two people getting married that want to walk down the aisle or have the first dance to um, you can actually we we turn their names into music so this is it's an original composition that uh, it can be done you know with just piano the or, recent one we did was house music and we thought oh my heaven you know but uh, we did a good job. Yeah, we we looked to... into house music and recreated it. And yeah, they were really very, very happy. In <laughs> fact, he, the person in question hasn't received it yet because no. it, it's done for his birthday yeah. in October. So yeah. the family said, that's it's, a, it's an interesting one. But we sometimes also in our live performances, what we've started doing is getting the audience to shout out their names. And Stephen and I will then go to the piano and we will turn their name into music. And it's a bit of a risk. It's a massive <laughs> risk because we are essentially going down to the piano to play a duet that we have no clue how it's going to sound. <laughs> right, exactly. And very, very quickly we put this piece of music together. Right, And it's also a kind of show-off thing to just to show the audience how in tune we actually are with sadly, each other. Sadly, a lot of the audience think that, uh, that, that, that people in the audience shouting the names are planted and we know what the name's going to be, but that it really isn't. Uh, no, that's because, in the, obviously, in a lot of shows there are plants, but in your case it's not. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely yeah. not. No. When you record <laughs> that, do you send it as an audio file or is it video as well? So it's, it's a, com a combination or how does that work? Well, there's different packages that you can you can that you can purchase, but generally an audio file, an MP3, and a piece of sheet music presented in a frame. I mean, nice. at the Judy Garland Gala, they they did a beautiful job of putting in a gorgeous frame that was presented to Lorna and Joey. Lorna and Joey loved, and uh, it was the most amazing night. It was one of the best nights of our. Oh, it was it was, it was absolutely wonderful. stunding. Yeah, I mean, there's a score. We'll we will. Yeah, I mean, Stevens, there's different packages, but uh, usually we will get, send somebody the score so that they can give it. 
um, to even if, if it's on the piano, then um, a pianist can play it to them on top of the audio recording that yeah. will get done. Or CD, if they prefer. But you we can still buy CDs, I think. But we can do it for any form. If yeah. it was an orchestra, choir, whatever, as outrageous as you want. Yeah. I could and see it, it even with the video, and it's your own version of Cameo, where you're doing a yeah. an original yeah. song based on their name. It's a great idea. I wish I had a decent name, but. Otherwise, I'd send it in for that. But okay. well, you've got. We you, might, well, I mean, you're might very... well try your name. Yes, <laughs> it's Lorna that convinced us to do it, and she was absolutely right. Smart idea, very smart idea. The two of you have so much going on. How do you organize? I don't want to say your day necessarily. Maybe your week or month, because you tour, you record, you have the new business now. Your name and music. So there's all this stuff going on. How do you keep it all together and organize? Well, good point. This is something that we're trying to address lately because we've got so many projects on the go uh, time management is a very important thing and we're not the best at it although we do rehearse a lot we do keep everything going like we said we, uh, yeah we've got your name in music we've got a very very big concert coming up this friday at uh, one of britain's most prestigious concert halls uh, it's snape snape proms which is in suffolk and it's a it's a big one for us possibly one of our biggest of it is it's, it's um it's one so of we're those concerts that it's it's kind of they we're we're surprised that they they finally booked us. Really, it's <laughs> taken about so many years, and I know that it's raised quite a few our eyebrows because it is it, it, well because it is so highbrow and it's it's all the top musicians in the world that actually get booked, and that it's quite unusual that they've taken what they might perceive as a risk. <laughs> Well, you have um, to do that sometimes, after all. Yeah, I, I, I have every faith in, um, oh, in yeah. how it's going to go. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Kevin, have you ever tried to convince Stephen to wear glasses so that you could both look the same? Perhaps he does. He, he does he, yes. Oh, he yes, does I have glasses. Have where I have to wear reading glasses. Oh, there we go. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, there we go. Okay. <laughs> do you finish each other's thoughts, especially because you have... Such a long relationship, and on stage when you're playing, and as you say, you cover for each other in case one gets fatigued or forgets something, and you also have the humor, which also is this interaction that goes on. Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly what you're going to say because, um, the, the, in particular, when we when we start, what happens when we're working on a new show? Because we're always writing something new, and when we get involved. It, so deeply where you're starting to dream it when we're sitting down on the table it gets to the point where we're not even speaking to each other and then uh, well, i don't mean that we're not speaking to each other it comes out um stephen will go uh and I, I will then say yes i completely agree with you i was going to suggest the same thing yeah and you get you are so in tune and on top of absolutely the whole thing yeah. that yeah, you do. You do th finish each other's thoughts. It's that subconscious connection, I think, that helps, yes. especially when you're creating, to be able to do that. Well, the funny thing is, is that when we first started working together, well, I mean, when we were just starting to rehearse together, and it was quite clear that this was going to become well, actually, the first time when we f first performed, we realised that we stepped on something that was magical, and um, that was going to take control that already had done and it created its own kind of bubble and rhythm to the point of that if Stephen got a cold I got a cold if Stephen got a spot I would get a spot in the same place it was it was quite weird that our, our bodies and you know was 
to the point that when we first started working together, people thought we were twins. Interesting. Um, nowadays, as it's gone, and so a lot of people used to come up to you and say, um, "Are you two related?" I thought you were brothers, and that. that. And it hasn't happened for many years, but recently, um, somebody in a shop said to me, um, "Are you two brothers?" And uh, no, are you two related? And I went, "No, but that's lovely of you to say exactly. so, because nobody has said that for years." And she went, "Oh no, I just thought you were father and son." Um, <laughs> well, Stephen I, has told me privately that he feels he's more handsome than you. <laughs> oh, but I, I don't I can't accept it. I think you're both equally handsome. So let's well, that's <laughs> what I got. Thank, you. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Last question. Best experience that you two have had on stage and it may differ. In other words, you may have a different perception, although based on what we were just talking about, you have the same perception, but it may sure, quite different. When you said bit. that, I'm sure both of us thought of the same thing immediately. The lad. Yes, it happened in yeah. a very uh very well to do festival in Yorkshire in the UK called Grassington, the Grassington Festival. It was early on in our career. And uh, we were playing the Carnival of the Animals by Sanson. And we were playing the uh, Swan, which is a very serene, lovely piece of music. We had a, a comedy moment in the Swan. So it's this beautiful piece of music. And all of a sudden, there was a gunshot. And from the, pros, from the, from the top of the stage, a swan fell and lots of feathers. So the, shot, the, the swan was shot in the middle of it. And this young 10-year-old lad couldn't stop laughing his head off. Because, I mean, we'd, we'd set it up, you know. Yeah. We just thought it was quite outrageous that, it was a shock. Know, that, yes. that this beautiful piece of music is ruined by the swan getting shot. And the lad <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. As I'm doing now. So much so that his, he wouldn't stop laughing. his dad had to put his hand over his mouth. <laughs> we were playing the next piece. We'd finished the and, The next piece, he was still laughing. And he was convulsively <laughs> shout, sh he was shouting his head off, going, the swan got shot. <laughs> and we re we received this email a few days later from the parents saying that, um, you know, that they were hoping that their son hadn't interrupted the show, that they, but they said that they decided, they chose an hour show out of all the different concerts that were going on um, as his first very, his very first concert to go to. And they said, thank you for giving him such an amazing experience and introducing him to good, such good music. And that, for both of us, was an amazing moment because that he, we did the same thing for him as Victor Borg did to us. Yeah. Right. Um, Ironically, it probably it, also was the kid's swan song. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, and that's it. Never forget it. No, it's just amazing that out of, I mean, we've, we've had um, amazing experiences like, well, in Canada, where, in, in, when we played in Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, yes. They asked yes. us to go over and do a kind of last night of a proms show. And so mm -hmm. we did in this place to thousands of people. The Algoma um, Conservatory. Yeah, concerts, and yes. they want to, I mean, this was, uh, I mean, that's actually, I was practically in tears. I mean, they wanted all the kind of pomp and ceremony. It was a, an evening of London music. But in the middle of Land of Hope and Glory, we slipped in their national anthem and people couldn't believe it. Oh, Canada. Their whole audience stood up. Lots of them were crying. They were doing this. And then we started crying. So there's another moment. I mean, there's so many of them, but it was something that you never ever forget. Yeah. That's so great. We're, we're, we're so spoiled with all these magical moments, really. But, <laughs> I, I should say, too, before I let you go, for the actually letting you go, how did the two of you meet? Well, we met at Royal College of Music. Kevin was doing film music. I was doing performance. 
Uh, you did music for TV films. Uh, yeah, I wrote a lot of music to some of the worst films ever made. <laughs> uh, my most successful, <laughs> awful film was a film called Never Play With The Dead. Good advice. It was, yeah, very good advice. And I saw a review um, on a Brazilian website and I thought, oh my God, there's a review of my uh, film, Never Play With The Dead. And so I downloaded the, and went onto Google Translate to read the review of Never Play With The Dead. And it was basically, never watch this film. <laughs> uh, so, well, the music was marvellous. The music was marvellous. <laughs> so, you know, we, we got together by accident. Um, we, we started playing the piano by accident. But when we did, we both thought, oh my word, we've got to do something with this. And we've not stopped since. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guests have been Stephen Warby and Kevin Farrell. Warby and Farrell, internationally acclaimed concert pianists with more than a million hits on YouTube, who are also authors of well-strung, terrific tales from two turns, available now on Amazon. For everything about Stephen Warby and Kevin Farrell, go to warbyandfarrell.com and also yournameandmusic.com, which I'm going to go to, and follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And Stephen, Kevin, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.